Welcome to the Direct Response Marketing Magic Podcast. Seth Green is a five-time best-selling author, speaker, and nationally recognized direct response marketing expert who is CEO of one of the fastest-growing direct response marketing firms in the country. To get free access to a download of his new book, Podcast Marketing Magic, and a free live training webinar that will show you how you can use a podcast to attract new customers and referrals like magic, simply register at www.ultimatemarketingmagician.com. On the podcast, Seth brings together some of the most cutting-edge thought leaders in the world to share with you how they grow their businesses and how you can too. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. Hi, my name is Alec Green. The best marketing guy is my dad. First, he helps people with with marketing magic. Next, if you need marketing help, he will help you. Finally, if he is a match marketer, my dad is the best. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be interviewing Mindy Gibbons-Klein of bookmidwife.com. The Book Midwife is a book coaching company founded in 2002 by multi-award winning entrepreneur Mindy Gibbons-Klein. Since its inception, that is way ahead of me, the company has helped over 1,000 individuals with their book projects with over 700 already in print. I don't have anywhere close to 700 in print. The philosophy of the company is that every book deserves to be written and published. Having spent 10 years, wow, trying to write and publish her first book, Mindy created a process to help aspiring authors get their books done better and faster with more clarity and confidence. Mindy, thank you so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure, Seth. Let's go back in time a little bit uh, because I know you've got an incredibly diverse background. Where did you grow up? I grew up in the New York area. (laughs) You grew up in New York, but the accent didn't come from, the beautiful accent didn't come from here. No, at 16 I started traveling and I lived in Argentina, I've lived in Canada where I went to university and I moved to the UK 25 years ago. Okay, and how did you get started in business? So I was never interested in business, all I wanted to do was speak languages and be a language teacher or you know have some kind of quiet life like that, uh, but I took a sales job. Uh, you know, out of university because it paid well and I found I had a bit of a flair for it. Then I got into sales training and then that department got taken over by marketing department. I thought, ooh, marketing. And then I went and did my MBA. I thought, oh, I am interested in business after all. And, uh, but specifically marketing type stuff like yourself, that's, um, you know, without marketing and, and sales, well, there is no business, right? Very true. Without <laughs> us, the whole world stops. <laughs> yeah. So that was still back in the U.S. And, uh, and then I came over to the U.K. and did some similar stuff and started my own business uh, 14 years ago. And was that the um, and that was the, the book Midwife? How did it, you were said it took you 10 years to write your first book? What was that book about? So that book is still in print. It's called A Dance in the Desert. And it's uh, it's in its third print run. Um, it was a really important book for me because when I was in Arizona, I had a colleague who um, fell down a flight of stairs and developed epilepsy. 
which is not something that you expect. And no. uh, yeah, it was it was quite tough. Um, he survived it, but he had you know terrible trouble with uncontrolled seizures and side effects from the drugs. And long story short, he ended up committing suicide. I apologize oh to the listeners for not warning them about that. Um, I really didn't cope very well. I was in my 20s, so was he. And I just kind of brushed it under the rug, but then I thought I have to kind of tell this story. And it just took me ages to put it together and to write. And I kept putting it out there and getting feedback and rewriting and rewriting. And then I started losing my confidence around it. And I thought, oh, maybe it isn't any good. And uh, it was just such a saga. And all the while I was going through that, the book was not in print and it wasn't helping anybody. And I wasn't fulfilling the, the goal that I'd originally set. So um, A Dance in the Desert still fulfills the primary mission, which is to raise awareness and the secondary mission to raise um, funds. And um, we give half the proceeds to the epilepsy charities. Wow, that is such an incredible story. Um, wow. How did you create a process for getting a book done in less than 10 years? Well, first I decided that I would not do what I did. <laughs> so I told people to do what I said and not what I did. And uh, I really used more of the business and strategy stuff that I'd been doing in the corporate world. So yes, I had experience with books, but mostly how not to do a book. And I created the process because um, I found that's what was lacking for me. You know, there was no accountability. There was you know, all sorts of uncertainty. You know, am I going on the right path? Is it the right length? Is it the right content? You know, I don't know. And um, having a guide and having a step-by-step, -step, just make sure that you get it done and fast and, and have more confidence at the end of it. So, I, you know, it really just developed over the years. But it, it, I wouldn't say it's changed that much from the very first ones, uh, the very first clients that we worked with. And that is incredible. How did you, after you had completed your book, how did you decide to start the business? Well, <laughs> I, with my marketing background, I thought, well, I'm marketing my own book. I'll set up a, a strand of my marketing consultancy. So that's what I thought I was going to be doing, marketing books that people had self. So I had a few arrangements with small publishers and, um, you know, I'd get the book and then I'd, I'd do a marketing campaign for them. Uh, very different because there wasn't any social media back then. The internet was, was just evolving 14 years ago. And uh, then one day I came back from holiday, from vacation, and there was a brown envelope, padded envelope sitting on the desk. And I ripped it open and my heart sank because there was a book inside, but everything was wrong with it starting with a typo on the front and going downhill from there. And I called the publisher and I said, I can't market this book. And they said, you have to because the client's paid. And I said, I don't have to. And uh, in the end, um, I did a deal and I ended up meeting with the client and, and we sorted something out. But um, I made a decision right there. And then I, I just had this thought, I wish that I had worked with this person nine months ago when they were still in the planning stages and I would have made sure that it was a better book from the start. And that was it. I started outsourcing all book marketing from that day onwards and focusing on what where I think my skill set lies, which is in the strategy and planning and you know making sure that it's the best possible book that it can be. How did you get um, 
from there to 700 books in print. I mean, that's an absolutely astonishing number. I mean, there's some giant publishing companies that don't publish that many books. <laughs> well, I didn't publish them all. We've published about 300 at my publishing company, and we've taken uh, 11 years to do that. But it's been a steady, steady flow. So um, at first, it was just me doing my one-to-one -one private coaching. And we have a really, really good track record. You know, the people who follow the process, 100% of the time, they get their books done in 90 days. So I kept doing that. Then I trained up a team of coaches. So we have coaches in the UK, Netherlands, Australia, and soon the US. Uh, there's so there's a team of people helping me. I've also coached a number of people in a group setting, so not one-to-one. -one. Uh, I That doesn't have a 100% success rate, as you can imagine. There's places to hide when you're part of a group. And we have online courses which have uh, you know, some success, but uh, we, do, we do all of the above. And, and so you know, with a number of people and a number of programs and products and different ways to do it, we just continue to help, you know, dozens of people every year, and it's it's got up to that kind of number. That is absolutely incredible. What do you wish you knew when you started that you know now? Uh, I wish I knew how the whole industry was going to evolve because we spent a whole lot of time debating whether there was any merit and any future in ebooks, and of course, you know, there is. I mean, they had a few false starts. And then, you know, now we have um, Kindle. You know, if Amazon hasn't spent that much money on it. I'm not sure we would have an ebook industry. But equally, um, we work on business and uh, self help professional development books here. And we've found that people still want a print book, they want to have that reference, they want a desk or, you know, on a train or something like that. And they don't always just want the ebook version. So I wish I had had a crystal ball <laughs> and knew what the landscape was going to look like in 2016 so that I could have bet on those horses, you know, earlier. That would have been wonderful. Uh, what is the best advice you've ever gotten? The best advice that I ever heard was at a conference and people have said it in different ways, but I remember the first time I heard it and the speaker said, only do what only you can do which I took to mean uh, do everything that you can do and outsource the rest, which I'm sure that's what she meant. So, but, you know, so only do what only you can do. If there's something that only you are good at or that you should be doing, you know, if you're the CEO or the founder or you're a, you know, an expert or an individual contributor, you know, do that thing and don't try to do things you're not good at. That is great advice. What, has I'm as entrepreneurs we go through mood swings. I call it entrepreneurial, you know, bipolar disorder, but mm. not really. When you know everything's on top of the world and we're on top of the world, everything's going right. And then there's the days and you're walking on air. And then there's the days when you don't want to get out of bed in the morning because everything's going the opposite wrong way and you feel like going and getting a quote unquote real job. <laughs> what has been your lowest entrepreneurial moment and how did you bounce back? Well, you know, I have them occasionally, but I'm very lucky to have grown up in a personal development community. So I, I was exposed to Tony Robbins um, at a very young age, about 21 years old. And I've been you know, involved in that organization and the events. And so you, you get into some good habits. So even if you do have a wobble, as we call it over here in the UK, ooh, wobbly, you, you have a few resources to get you back on track quickly. Um, one of the things that um, 
that I do is uh, conscious breathing. I mean, it sounds so stupid, we all breathe, but um, usually when you're stressed out, you're not breathing deeply. So I don't have to do anything major, just focus on my breathing and, um, and gratitude. And, and again, these are things I'm sure the listeners have heard before, but you know, I, I bring something up just about every day to remind myself what I'm grateful for. And I calm down and get things in perspective and move on again. That is excellent advice. What's been your highest entrepreneurial moment? Um, winning a partnership deal with somebody that I knew we could partner with very well. So they had an evolving program where they needed a book coaching element. And uh, I, I've done this several times since, but the very first one was, was exciting because I had the vision and this guy said, I don't know. And then, you know, I said, well, let's talk again. And I was, I persevered. <laughs> I was quite persistent and we found a way to make it work so that their clients got the benefit of our process. And to be honest, I think about 400 of those thousand clients came from that partnership, which lasted four and a half years. Wow. That, that would be a high. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you like best about your business now? Um, I really enjoy the fact that um, the, the process has evolved, but stayed very true to the goals. So one of the things that I'm famous for saying, um, at least in the circles I run in, is that every book deserves to be written and published. I can't remember if you sort of yes, said yes. that. Yeah. I supported you saying that. Well, it's because it's everywhere. It, it's, you know, if, if, I, if that was on my, my gravestone, you know, then I would have done my job. I mean, not really, but, you know, that, that's, that's what I want to be known for. I, I don't like the part of the industry that plays God, that thinks some, some books don't deserve to be written, much less published. You know, who are, who are those people to say? what deserves to be uh, out there. Um, so I got myself all distracted with my soapbox. What was the question? <laughs> what do you like best about your business? Oh yeah, thank you. I like the fact that I, <laughs> that I have a lot of fun. Um, and you know, I have these opinions. One of the things that we teach our clients to do is have strong opinions and fight for them. And you know, within reason, being respectful, but not to let other people sway you too much because you know there are things that are important and those are the things that you need to fight for. Awesome. With all the success you've achieved, what's your biggest challenge now? Biggest challenge now is the fact that you know we are a pioneering brand and as such, you know we have a whole lot of eyeballs on us and a lot of people have set up shop, you know, oh, we can do that. Oh, sure, I've written one book, I can help you write your book. And so there's a lot of um, dilution going on. There are you know, a lot of different products and services and, and you know, different ways that people can get help with their books. And it, it can be confusing. So I know what we do, which is what we've always done. And I know the level, the standard and the quality. Um, so the issue is that, um, you know, it's become, a bit of a commoditized industry, the book coaching part of it anyway. Some of the other things we do, not so much. But, you know, it, it's just, we need to put attention on that, which is annoying because, you know, people think that uh, everything's the same. It's like saying, oh, you know, I know there's a Mercedes, but I think a Ford is the same. It's like, no, it's not the same. Um, but, you know, sure, if you just want a steering wheel and four wheels, you know, and an engine, go ahead. <laughs> that is an excellent analogy. 
Um, I know, obviously, there's lots constantly changing with the book industry and the marketing industry, uh, you know, all of which you play a part of. And you mentioned, obviously, the advent of social media having a huge impact. What, how do you stay on top of it all? How do you stay on top? How do you stay on the cutting edge? How do you stay ahead of the curve? Well, I'm not sure that I do, but I, I have a philosophy that um, allows me to believe that I'm taking in everything I need to take in and that you know, it, it's fine. I know enough. I, I, I'm smart enough to know that I'm never going to be on top of everything and know everything about everything. I do have some well-connected friends. I have some good feeds that I get into my inbox, you know, that, that do a bit of curating for me. Uh, I, I know I speed read. I learned to do that at, at nine years old so I can consume or at least, you know, browse through a lot more than the average person. Um, I think fast, I talk fast, uh, and I make decisions quite fast. So it just frees up a lot of time. I mean, I don't know if everybody can do that, but I'm kind of blessed that I get to do that on a daily basis. And, and then, you know, just, just adjust the flight path if necessary. Things aren't going well. I don't, I'm not so stubborn that, you know, I have to continue along a path without deviation, you know, straight into the wall, you know? Absolutely. Um, as a publisher um, and someone who helps other people get their book done. Um, we both tend to be voracious readers. What are three of the best books you've ever read that have had the most impact on your work? Okay, well, I can name two straight away. It'll be interesting what third one pops into my head. <laughs> so the very first personal development book that I ever read um, was um, The Road Less Traveled by Scott Peck. And um, well, I suppose, yeah, that, that, was, that opened things up in terms of just you know personal development and the whole positive mental attitude industry. Um, in the same category, I would put The Seven Habits um, by the late, great Stephen Covey. And, um, and actually, I have to include another Covey book, and um, it, it's Living the Seven Habits, which a lot of people may not have heard of because you know, they, they have heard of the main one. Um, but that's, that's the stories of how people have implemented the seven habits of highly effective people into their lives. And it's, you know, really lovely because you get the story and you also get the outframe where, you know, Covey explains which habit it was and, um, you know, how it was useful. I got to hear him speak as well when he came to London. And so he's one of my heroes. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I did name three. <laughs> awesome. Great recommendations. Great books client for you mm -hmm. what was that who is an ideal client for you that's what I thought you said I just wanted to make sure um, the ideal client is a business owner who needs to raise his or her profile by being a real thought leader in their space so not just someone who wants to write a book um, because a lot of people want to write books a lot of people are writing books and a lot of people are going to write books uh, the ones that I feel our organization can help are the people who understand that the book is not just a marketing tool. The book is not just something you slap together. It's definitely not something you can outsource or have ghostwritten. And I apologize if you believe in these things. Um, <laughs> but but um, we find that real thought leaders not only write their own books, but they get a lot of benefits that other people don't get because they um, they get the benefit of, of being able to distill their, their wisdom and actually writing it themselves is, is a huge achievement 
which um, you know, it's an accomplishment. It's call it legacy, call it whatever you want. Uh, those are the kinds of people that we tend to resonate with and they tend to resonate with our process. Process, I knew I'd slip up at some point. We like the people who understand uh, what quality is and really want to make a significant difference and not just have a book. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Um, and best place for them for us to send them, I'm guessing that would be the bookmidwife bookmidwife.com. Bookmidwife.com. I think if, if people accidentally put the, um, it also points to bookmidwife.com. Um, but yeah, that's that's um, that's the main place where you know we want people to go have a browse of what we what we're doing, what we've done, and you know how we could possibly help them. Okay. This has been Seth Green with Mindy Gibbons-Klein of bookmidwife.com. Mindy, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Seth. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this special productivity series of the Direct Response Marketing Podcast. I've interviewed hundreds of the most successful entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and CEOs all over the world, and I want to share with you one of the biggest ways I've discovered to triple your productivity that I've learned from these amazing people. Even better, I'll pay you $500 to test drive it. Just go to take500challenge.com. That's www.take500challenge.com to learn more. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.